All right, we got a hot podcast coming up for you. We got talk about the Loch Ness Monster, Hannah playing soccer, softball fields, and a little advice for comedy couples and should you do comedy on the road together. This is the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay, and she is Hannah Hogan. What's up, Dusty? Great to be here yet again. Happy to be back with you. We just did a long trip together. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we did a long trip, and that's what we're going to get into. But first, how about a word from our sponsors? Yes, uh, our sponsor is the awesome McBailey Candle Co. And you can find McBaileyCandleCo.com, and you can see everything that they have on their website. But we just got our candles in. Right. They sent candles last week, and the what they were trying to do, uh, but because we travel erratically, uh, we often miss mail. So they shipped it to us with nice little ice packets in there to keep the candles cool. Uh, but we... I think the post office dropped the ball, and they arrived. Uh, they said they arrived on Wednesday, but they didn't get here till Thursday. And they said this is more so a blast on uh, the post right. office. Well, I'm just I'm getting to a point. They sat outside the entire weekend in the mm-hmm. Tennessee heat, and then when they got them, they were still in perfect condition. Oh yeah, yeah, and that really speaks to uh, the great quality of yeah. McBailey Candle Co. And um, the great thing about these candles is that they are biodegradable. And they are soy wax, yes. and we have we uh, they sent us some lovely various different candles, uh, which I've enjoyed all of them. They sent us an awesome lantern candle that um, we put in our guest bathroom, and then they sent something that's called a Centra- Centronella candle, and it's got that double Citronella. Citronella. It's got that double wick, so I put that in our bedroom. Yeah, Citronella actually will keep mosquitoes away, so we might put that outside. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. I didn't realize that was Citronella, but yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't really citronella. know what Citronella so was. put that out on the porch, keep the mosquitoes away. goes with our blind we have out there. Okay. Got a hot, hot porch now. I put it in our bedroom because I thought it was like romantic that it had two wicks. Oh, okay. Like the two wicks come together. Yeah. Yeah, but nah. Yeah. Yeah, but but uh, oh, we put okay. we lit a couple of candles last night and got real relaxed. Oh yeah! And I even poured some wax across the desk. Yeah. And since it's biodegradable, we're not worried about it. We'll just throw it out with the desk. Yeah, and it, but it, <laughs> it actually makes the desk smell nice. It does. Actually, the thing about the candles is they smell nice even not lit. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and go to McBaileyCandleCo.com and uh, use the code Good Time for a deep discount. 25% off, I believe. Yeah. Tell them we sent you. <laughs> All right. So now let's get into our segment, where we've been, where we're going. Where they going? Where they been? Where they going? Where, where they been? Where we're going, where we've been. All right. That is new music from our friend Matt Price. He really hooked that up for us. So give it up for Matt Price. Let's uh, hear it one more time. Okay. One more time. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going? Where they been? Where they going? Where, where they been? Where we're going, where we've been. All right. <laughs> it's a good yeah, one. It's a hot one. It's a hot one. You we, know you enjoyed it. When Matt Price sent it to us, we listened to it several times in the car. Yeah. And uh, it's great. And the thing that I love about it is... Um, uh, you know, as we all did, if we were raised in the 90s, kind of grew up with Forrest Gump and just a classic movie of the 90s. And Dusty's from Alabama, and every once in a while he'll say something, and I think that he sounds like he's from Forrest Gump. And I am from Forrest Gump. I know, I know. And that's why it's fun, like the way you say Sangar yeah. and Mira and uh, where we going? Where, where we, we been? Where we been? <laughs> <laughs> She was a country music singer. (laughs) It's just fun. I mean, honestly, if Dusty didn't have the voice that he has, we probably wouldn't be together. Well. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we did long distance for quite some time. You know, that voice kept me through. Well, yeah, the voice helps me a lot. Yeah. But, you know, we're having a good time. So here we go. Where we've been. This weekend, we loaded up, me and Hannah and Aaron Weber loaded up in the car, and we drove to Richmond, Virginia, where we did a show at a house. We did a house show. I didn't real, to be honest, I didn't realize that it was a house show when I booked it. 
Uh, I thought it was just going to be a venue in Richmond, but we got there and uh, Liz Carr uh, is who runs the show. It's her house. Uh, she really got on it and she really put together a good show. She took charge. She booked comics. She had an audience. Her living room was set up great and we had a good time. We did a lot of shows and, and she paid me. So uh, it had everything that a regular show has, except it was at a house instead of a comedy club. Mm-hmm. It's a great time. Yeah. Hannah didn't do time. Hannah actually just went and hung out this weekend. So they, she actually just traveled as my wife. They begged me to do time. And I said, nah, you got to pay me if I'm going up on the stage. If I'm going to grace that stage and they're going to get this good, good comedy gold that I got, you better pay me. I ain't no guest spot wife. It's true. And we just didn't have the money. We didn't have the <laughs> money to pay her. So we didn't get any of her comedy the whole time. I drank a little bit of wine this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And then we went to a diner. We went to we had several restaurant experiences, but we went to a place. I don't want to say their names, but it just was a diner in Richmond, and someone recommended it. And it and it had this whole like I don't know. It felt like it was trying to be something, and it was just missing. You I know hate when I mean? things try to be some. It just it just had all these weird names for everything, and they had you know it had this huge menu of a lot of items, but everything still felt basic. So we went to sleep. We went to the Candlewood Suites. We got a room from Adam Wagner. He hooked that up. So that was great. Really great hotel. And then conversely, the next morning, Richmond really turned it around and gave you one of the most all-time best sandwiches yeah. ever. I think we went, I think it's called Millie's Diner. Oh, yeah. And I had a corned beef with braised cabbage sandwich, and it was unbelievable. I tipped the cook. I've never tipped the cook. I tipped the cook. That sandwich was that good. Mm-hmm. You were talking about that for days. I talked about it for a while. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, when we got to our next location and we were searching for lunch the following days, I mean, you just kept trying to order a rye. And I was like, quit chasing that rye. You're not going to get it again. I ha- I did have at, uh, uh, well, then we I had another sandwich later called a Rachel. It's turkey and uh, coleslaw. That was pretty great, too. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the sandwich that I had. Mm-hmm. But so we left Richmond. Went on down, had that sandwich, had that sandwich on my mind. I stopped by a hotel where I left the charger at, and they wouldn't they wouldn't even look for my charger. They just were like, we don't have it, and uh, I was very frustrated. So I didn't get the charger, but we got on down to Newport News, and we got our key, and we went to the condo. Oh, yeah. And if you've been to this condo before, you know that uh, there's uh, you know a nice lady that lives in the first floor, and then the condo is the two upstairs rooms. And um, uh, so it's fine, but there's no Wi-Fi. No Wi-Fi. Me and Dusty just had to talk to each other all the time. <laughs> it was a nightmare. And, uh, well, it's not so much that, but it is like we are, like, addicted to our phones, you know, and our computers. So we get where we're going and we want to, you know, be able to hunker down and, like, check stuff, send emails, do work. And uh, you just don't have it. It did feel really arcane yeah. to have no Wi-Fi in a place that you're staying overnight. You yeah. know, it's sort of like, honestly, I'd rather have Wi-Fi and no running water. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but uh, you see the sentiment. Yeah, I would much rather have running water. But yeah, I, that's true. I am with you. Yeah. See, I shouldn't try to be funny. Nah, you're doing great. Thanks, Dusty. We're having a great time. Yeah, um, but you, so you know the interesting thing for me was I was just watching comedy all weekend, and you know they say you know a lot of comedians turn to alcohol uh, because they're performing, and I'm saying well I'm, I turn to alcohol just having to watch so much comedy. I mean well, it is a long road to just watch comics go up, and you're just watching dang comedy all weekend. No offense. No, but, uh, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I mean I do comedy every weekend. When someone wants me to go watch comedy, I'm like nah. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. I, lo- I, you know, I enjoyed it though because I actually really enjoyed it because I've had a really busy summer on the road and I thought, oh, maybe I'll do some guest spots this weekend. And then I kind of got there and I was like, you know what? I don't want to. It's, you don't even realize how stressed you get until right. you're, you're faced with the choice of doing shows or not doing shows. And mm-hmm. I just thought, you know what? Let me just wife it up this weekend. Yeah. Let me just be a wife. Let me just not be uh, problematic. And, you know, that that ended up being enough of a challenge of itself. Yeah. So. Well, and you pulled it off, though. It was good. Yeah, I was a good wife but, this weekend. So, but the shows, I've uh, been to Kazi's several times. Kazi's in Newport News, Virginia. I've been there several times. And uh, this was my best weekend. I mean, uh, you know, being on The Tonight Show really brought people out. I got, an, I got a, a, a write-up about me on the front page of the uh, Daily Press. 
in Newport News, Virginia, and we had packed crowds. We only did two shows, one Friday, one Saturday, but they were both packed. Uh, someone commented, a waitress commented how, how thankful she was that I brought all these people, and that doesn't happen to me. Normally what people say to me is, you should have been here last week. Mm-hmm. And so for me to be that week uh, was very exciting. I mean, people really showed up, and we had great shows. Uh, me and Aaron had great shows. We had a guy on there, uh, Otis. Uh, Otis Jones. And uh, he was a great host. Uh, we had uh, guest spot. Uh, Keith Big Daddy D. Keith Big Daddy D. And uh, Jeff Melnick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they were all really funny. We had a great time. Yeah, it was really cool for me to see. I mean, the crowds really come out for you. And and I believe you your episode of Jimmy Fallon re-aired last Wednesday it night. It did. It re-aired last Thursday, right after the Richmond show. We got back to our hotel. Someone messaged me that it was playing. So I c- turned on the TV, and boom, there I was, right there on TV. So we just stood there for about two minutes and watched Dusty on television. Yeah, I got a rerun already, yeah. which is great. But, yeah. So then we left Newport News and uh, had a great weekend. We left there and we went to uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. And uh, they say they called it. Went to the Raw Dog. Yeah, they had some bad names for it because they said at one time, if you were stationed there, that meant you were being shipped off to Vietnam, right? So it's like it was a scary place for people. If you got put there, they knew you were going to get shipped off. So, Oh, I thought it was called Vietnam just because it looked rough. No, they said a couple of things, but they said that one was that if you got stationed there, they knew you were going to get shipped off to Vietnam. And so many people that went to Vietnam brought back Vietnamese brides. So it actually had quite a big Vietnamese population in Fayetteville for a while. Oh, it's fascinating. I didn't realize that you're doing some research while we're there. This was what people just told me. I have no idea if this is true. That's research. Yeah. And so we get to Fayetteville to a place called the Dog House. Uh, I keep calling it Raw Dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, called the Dog House, and uh, it's a bonkers gig. I do a lot of bonkers gigs, and uh, you know, I mean, the thing about them, they can be hit or miss because they just kind of pop up in areas where you don't really have comedy. They said there's been no comedy club in Fayetteville for five or six years, so all of a sudden you pop up. They did it well. There was a stage in there. There was lights. There was good speakers. Uh, and a bunch of people came to the early show. The late show was very light, but the early show we had a ton of people, I think more than they normally have. So again, felt pretty good to be drawing a crowd. And I felt like they, they had a good time. I had one guy tell me, he said, you're going to be on some TV some more. And I was like, well, I appreciate that. That's great. And, uh, anyway, uh, so those shows were fun, but they, some but they can be uh, real work. These are real road gigs. So they can be real work because, I don't know, a lot of these clubs you get in and you can tell, like, people are, like, so ready for jokes that you hit a joke, they're laughing, and you just roll right into the next joke. None of these places that I did were like that. It was like, got to keep them coming the whole time. Joke, joke, joke. For an hour, I'm up there like, joke, 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 joke. And uh, and then at the end, uh, some people are like, man, that was great. And other people leave pretty quick. <laughs> but... <laughs> And but, uh, I was one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> but all that night they go, hey, man, you're pretty good. And uh, <laughs> I like it when people are like, you're funny, man. You're funny. Like like as if like we were waiting for this rednecks confirmation. You're yeah. funny. Yeah. Dude, you are. And I don't say people are funny a lot, but you are funny, man. I'll take that. Okay. I'll take that before I'll take the guy that's like, because I got that in Fayetteville. A guy was almost out the door and he turned to me and goes, you're pretty funny. And he shook my hand. Like, like I, I'll take the, you're funny, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Uh, and this might kind of sound um, weird, but I did have this uh, realization when I was on the road. Because I've gone on the road with Dusty a little bit. Not as much as I used to. But, you know, and I've talked about this before on the podcast. It's hard out there. And, I'd be uh, doing some rough gigs. Yeah, Dusty does rough gigs. Now, I never went on the road until I started uh, dating Dusty. So I just thought the road was the road, which is the gigs that I do with Dusty. Um, now, I've really bombed on the road. I've had some bad shows. I've had some shows where I'm like, this is not fun. I don't enjoy it at all. And really made me question uh, my vocation in comedy. 
But seeing other people attempt to do these shows, I'm like, oh, I'm just as good as these guys. I mean, these guys are out here struggling too. Like, it wasn't just me. It's the it's the gigs. It's the road. The road is hard. Like, it's there, I'm just as competent of a comedian as anybody that was that I saw this weekend. You know, yeah, I'm I mean, just like it's just they're they're not easy gigs. They're not easy gigs because you know there a lot of the people at these shows I find are just they're just not that they don't go to a lot of comedy shows. So a joke that we might think is hack, like a joke that's overused, a joke that people use all the time, somebody going to this comedy show, that might be the first time they've ever heard that joke. So those are those are easy, and I think that's why people that work the road so much tend to turn that way because it's a bit easier. But it's like – it's hard. Like when I first left Charleston, I had all these like artsy jokes because I was doing comedy at an improv theater where they had a great built-in audience and for other theater crowds – and so I like knew how to work theaters before I ever left Charleston. And then I started working the road and I started bombing a lot. And I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. So I just had to figure out a new way to write my jokes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty enlightening. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why I like the road. Yeah. It's hard. Sometimes you'd be tired and cranky. Mm-hmm. And you don't get any satisfaction from the audience sometimes. Now that's where we've been. We were together. Do we want to talk about where we where we're going? Now where we're going. We are you you go first. All right. So this weekend I'm going back to Crackers in Indianapolis, Indiana. Crackers Comedy Club. Yeah. Hot club. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And so that's where I'll be. I'll be in Indiana Indianapolis in Indiana. And uh, I got my merch, baby. I've been merching it up. Yeah. I am I am an American hustler out here. Yeah, if and you go to Hannah's, uh, Miss Hannah Hogan, uh, at Miss Hannah Hogan on Instagram, she's really, really changing up her brand out there. Right? I am. I'm changing up my brand. I'm putting it out there. I'm letting you know that I am wholesome, but I am also edgy. I am sardonic, but I am also sweet. And uh, that's what you're going to find out if you go on my Instagram. <laughs> so. So, yeah, I mean, you know, she's really just putting it out there now. And, yeah, I, did, I had to ask Dusty <laughs> to take some pictures, some thirst trap pictures for me to put on the Internet. And it's an awkward thing to, you know, take hot pictures when your husband's taking them for you. Like, oh, is these for me? No, these are for the Internet. <laughs> yeah, I just want her to sell the T-shirts. You know what yeah. I mean? So buy the T-shirts. You know, God bless Dusty. I mean, he's pretty much cool with me doing anything as long as I am happy. Yeah. So. So, all right. And then, so you're going to go to Crackers in Indianapolis, and I'm going to go, I got three shows. I'm going to go, or, uh, well, two different places. Let's see. Thursday, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Um, uh, all the information's on my website. I'm not exactly sure. I've never been there before, but it's Pittsburgh, Kansas, uh, all at DustySlay.com. And then Friday and Saturday, I'll be at the Blue Room Comedy Club. September 8th and 9th. Is that right? Just pulling up the date. That is September 7th and 8th. I'll be at the Blue Room Comedy Club. And I'm taking uh, my friend and Nashville comedian, uh, Connor Larson. So um, we're going to be having a great time. Rich and Clara from McBailey just texted me asking if we got the candles. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And we're talking about it right now, baby. But uh, Connor Larson uh, will be going on the road with me, so pretty pumped about that. And uh, I'm pumped to be just, you know, taking uh, as many Nashville comics with me on the road as I can. I think it's very fun, uh, you know, because people get excited. And I'm excited to be around people that are excited. So that's where we're going. That's where we've been. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they go. Where they been. Where they go. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. All right. Ah, that's a good song. That's a good song. All right. So now we got a little, you know, just, um, uh, I don't know if this is advice so much as it is just sharing this. Mm. As a couple, we've been on the road a lot. And we went on the road once for four weeks in a row, and then we broke up. And uh, for one day, we got back together. But that's how frustrating it can be. Yeah, here's the thing. If you are dating a stand-up comedian, there's different things that can that I think can present themselves as problems for, for couples in comedy. And I think some issues pertain to one couple more than another. But... Um, 
I don't feel like we have like a jealousy issue or anything like that. Like, no. ooh, like Dusty got on the Tonight Show. Screw Dusty. That's what I want. Like, I don't really feel like that. The main issues that Dusty and I ran across when we when when I first started going on the road with him was, um. The, the the way that if, if something doesn't go well, whether it's at a show or then you're back at your hotel with your partner and you get into a fight, right? And there's nowhere to go. Right. You are trapped with them on the road. So, you know, normally when you're in a couple, you get into a fight, you know, you go for a walk. You chill out. You take a couple hours or even if you, all you need is 15 minutes to collect your emotions, collect your thoughts, and then you can kind of chill out and be mm-hmm. friends again. But yeah, when but you're, you're on locked the- in together, yeah, like you get into a fight at night, you're in the hotel, then you go to sleep, you wake up, you get in the car, you drive for hours. and then Hours. You, I'm and- talking hours of <laughs> silent treatment that I've given this guy. And then you get um, – uh, to your hotel just in time to shower if you're lucky, and then you go do a show together. And you think that other people don't notice because you think, oh, but I'm a professional. I'm going to show up to the club. Him and I will get along well around other people. But they notice. They notice. I mean, I remember I was talking to a guy that booked us during that first year that we were on the road together, and I I was working there recently, and I said, yeah, you know, him and I weren't getting along when we were here in 2016. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, what? You knew? He's like, yeah, it was obvious. And I thought, oh, I thought, you know, you didn't know. So even if you think that you're doing a good job of being professional, it seeps out of you. Well, this is the main problem for me is that, you know, I can't, if I take, um, just say my friend on the road and then my friend bombs, uh, as long as my friend is not mad about it, I don't care at all. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not mad at them. I'm not concerned about them. But if Hannah's bombing, then I'm now concerned about her feelings because she's not just another comic on the show. She's also my wife, you know, so I'm concerned about her feelings. So then I got to go up now after her if if it's, if that's the setting. Um, I got to go up after her now and I'm concerned about her emotions. And I know no matter how well the show goes for me, uh, it's not going to be fun when I get off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be a uh, a show after the yeah. show. So I like us being able to travel together some, but I am not. I'm not too. I like the idea of Hannah being able to do her own shows, and but and plus, I want Hannah to be headlining too. So it's like I, I want us both to be headlining comedians. Yeah, and the thing is, is we did pretty close to a month on the road together. Um, lots of traveling. So the the wear and tear of the road, the tiredness, the hunger. We also did a week in Alabama with my family over Thanksgiving. In between. Yeah. Yeah, So it was just really bad. We went, we went, uh, for sure. We were in Charlotte, North Carolina. We were in like Tulsa or something. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Tampa, Florida, Atlanta and Atlanta. Like that was unbelievable amount of travel. And then I remember I went back to Canada by myself and for the Christmas holidays and my birthday's also over Christmas right. and Dusty didn't come with me. It was very depressing. Well, this is more of the breakup portion of yes. us and not about traveling together. But, uh, but we did break up for one day and and right. then and then when – yeah, anyway, yeah, I guess this isn't really important. Yeah, right. The point is <laughs> I think it's just there's a lot of different factors in with traveling together as a couple that you don't take into consideration. I mean it's not about – uh, not being professional comics. It's just about, I mean, I don't know that even, uh, even just my friend would I want to go on the road with for a month Yeah, and have to share a hotel room with. I mean, it's hard because the food's bad out there. All right. So we got some other stuff to talk about. Do you have anything else to add to this? Um, yeah. Well, I just wanted to say how we figured it out in the end, which is last year we didn't do any shows together on the road. Yeah, we do some local shows, but nothing on the road. Yeah, and that was great because it also helped me figure out my own method on the road, and it let you do your thing. Right. but Because it's like just because you're dating someone or you're married to them doesn't mean they have to be, you know, your perfect writing partner or your perfect opener. I mean, just – you know what I mean? Like it's like one person can't be all things to you. So I'm not the perfect opener for Dusty, you know, and he's not the greatest person for me to travel with if I'm also working, you know, and that's okay. 
But it's also it also we're also striving to both be headlining comics. So it's like we don't you know that's that's what we want to do. So, yeah. And um, uh, so yeah, that's it. All right. So here we go. Now we have um, let's. Uh, uh, let's not let's not dive right into the conspiracy. Let's you want talk to talk about, about some, the ghost? Let's talk. Well, there was well, well, no, not the ghost, no but. ghost really, but yeah. I mean, I feel like that it, it's okay to talk about. I mean, let's let's not say the name, but all right. But there was a me, there okay. was a comic uh, that uh, you know recently that died, and uh, very tragically, very sad, very well liked guy, and uh, found out that it was in the condo that we were staying in. Yeah, this past week, and we were staying in the same room and bat and actually bathroom where he passed away in the bathroom. And uh, so, so it was a it was a weird, <laughs> it's a weird sad thing for us in there. It was so. very sad. It was very sad. Uh, I knew the gentleman, very nice guy. I had worked with him. I did not know him, but I know lots of people that know him. Yeah, and you know, it's a little bit. Uh, Bizarre to be, you know, staying in a place where, you know, someone literally passed away well, in the, you and, know. Yeah. And just in general, it made me a bit sad because, you know, sometimes I'm on the road. I've been on the road by myself for a while and I get sad because I'm like just on the road by myself. And to just think about that in a condo just makes me sad. Yeah. And uh, because you could be the happiest person on the planet, but spend two, one too many days alone in a hotel and just be sad. And that just be a sad way to go. And it made me sad. So. Yeah, so I guess we thought we'd have more to say on that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we got it. football's back. <laughs> yeah, football is back. College football is back, and I'm pumped about it. Uh, all, I've, to my knowledge, every SEC team won their opening game except for Tennessee. Uh, but they just got a new coach, and they played a big game. So uh, it's exciting. I mean, it looks good already, and I'm pumped about it. Alabama looks like. They're dominating. Auburn looks pretty good. I mean, they beat a, they played a pretty high ranked team, and they seemed to struggle. But maybe that other team was really good, uh, and it just it looks hot. And I'm pumped about it. And uh, I I only played football in the ninth grade. I don't know if I've talked about this, but I played football in the ninth, no, the eighth grade. And uh, I joined just because I wanted the people to cheer for me in the pep rally. I think I have talked about this, but that was during that time period when I got stabbed. Uh, in eighth grade by a girl. She stabbed me three times with a pencil. And so I skipped, I missed a day of football practice and the coach made fun of me for getting stabbed by a girl. And I also wanted to quit uh, the team, but I, so I brought all my stuff out of the locker room one day and my mom's like, well, you got all that stuff for? I was like, I'm quitting. And she goes, all right, well, go tell your coach. So I just went back in there and put all that stuff back in my locker and I played the rest of the year so I wouldn't have to tell him. Yeah, parents always did that to me, too. Like, if I didn't want to go to school or if I didn't want to go to church, my mom would be like, well, you call Mrs. Siddell or you call Father Ray and you tell him why you don't want to go. I don't know why that works so well. Yeah. Well, it's because, yeah, you don't want to deal with it. I mean, because, you know, it's adult decisions. Like, still to this day, it's like there's things like that that I don't want to deal with, but you have to deal with them, you know? So you just do it. But back then, it's like, oh, man, I don't want to quit so bad that I don't want to tell the coach. But at the end of the day, I'm glad I didn't quit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't ever play. I went in for one play. But I had no idea what I was doing. I was glad that the play was over in three seconds. Mm-hmm. It's pretty exciting. What position it. did you play? I guess I was wide receiver. Okay. I mainly just stood around at practice with my helmet off, uh, hoping the coach wouldn't call on me to do anything. At the beginning, I was pumped about it. But after realizing that I wasn't going to be playing, I wasn't so motivated that I – like. it's not like they ever gave me really an opportunity. They weren't like, Dusty, you know, they weren't using me, and then I failed, and then they benched me. It was just assumed I would be on the bench, right? And I wasn't so motivated that I was like, I'll show them. You know, I just wanted to walk around in a football uniform on game day. You know, I just wanted to let people know I'm part of the team. Mm. Go dogs. So you didn't have a very competitive spirit within you. No, no. I've never been very competitive. And you don't come from a family of athletes, I guess, right? My dad apparently was a great uh, basketball player. Hmm. And my mom uh, was a great bowler. (laughs) I'm not kidding. And that's a sport. And a great softball player. Yeah. 
My mom played softball all the time. I used to hang out on the softball field while she played. We would play what we call cup ball. And that's where you just take a cup and you ball it up and you throw it and then you hit it with your hand. Because they all had bats and balls and the kids had nothing. We barely had money to go get candy to keep ourselves. But you get the sweet tarts and then that long gum. You see that long stick of gum in a, in a thing and some big league chew and bubble tape. Sorry, I'm still unpacking cup ball. Yeah, cup ball was hot. And then there was a, you know, there was like, a, we had all kind of games. Like there was a big staircase and we would slide down the rail. There was a, a, some hills that we could slide down. Would you create games with your friends? Yeah, but I, you know, we would, but I couldn't tell you what any of the games were. Mm. I remember one time I went, it was like one of my early times. It was this big group of people of kids and I wanted to go hang with them. And they were like, they said, you can hang with us. If you can beat this guy in a race and they pointed to a guy and I was like, okay. And so we raced and then I beat him, but right at the end of the race, he tripped and fell on the sidewalk and got hurt. So I felt pretty awkward. I was like, Ooh, I mean, do I, am I part of the group or what? You know? And uh, so I got to play with them. And that, this was, uh, if you're from Opelika and there is that old softball field, I forget what it's called. Uh, uh, floral park and they had this little concrete like ramp thing i remember we used to slide down that i mean we had a good time out there at floral park it sounds like a really delightful childhood yeah yeah i mean we were lost out there this way you wouldn't we weren't so concerned about kidnapping back then you know no nah, no one was back then my mom would play foot softball all day she yeah. was a pitcher some families just lost children and that was just the way it was yeah my mom was a pitcher Mm-hmm. My dad played a little softball too, but apparently he was a good basketball player in high school. And my mom, I used to hang out at the bowling alley all the time with her. And I would wrestle in the, I remember we would wrestle like in the doorway as you walk, the front door you walk in, and then there's another door that you have to go through. So that'd just be like that little carpet area, and we'd just be wrestling out there. Your mom must have been such a fun mom. Yeah, she was a good time. Yeah. But she's still alive. She she's is. She's still a fun mom. But- she is. You know, in the glory days. But I remember one time I was watching this guy. I was watching this guy play Mario on arcade, right? And this guy had gotten really far in the game. And it was like one side where you could be Mario, one side where you could be Luigi. It was the old school arcade games. And I was standing on that Luigi side and I was watching the guy. And then he took a break. Like he was in the castle about to face the last guy. And I was a little kid. And for some reason, when he took a break, I reached up and he was playing the Mario side. And I just reached up and pushed one of the buttons on the Luigi side. And it made Mario jump. And he jumped right into a flame that the dragon had spit out, King Koopa. And the guy shoved my head into the uh, pinball machine. Wow. And I started crying. And then my mom's boyfriend talked to that guy for a while. And, you had a rough and tumble <laughs> childhood. It's, it's actually amazing that you survived it. And then you spent your 20s just drinking. Yeah. I mean, dang. It's a, wild, it's a wild life out here. You know what I mean? You're such a stable force now, though. You're just such like a, well, I don't know, a I had to man. go through some stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? You had to go you're... through some stuff so you could find you a little Canadian wife. But what I'd like you to tell is uh, about the time that uh, you were on an all-star soccer team. All right. Well, so I, I opposite to Dusty, I grew up with a, a nuclear family, a mom and a dad and two brothers. I was a middle child. And my dad was very athletic. He came from an athletic family of all boys, um, like five brothers. And my dad was very involved in mine and my brother's athletics. Um, so from a pretty young age, I started playing competitive soccer. And, uh, and I made all the all-star teams and, um, and, you know, I was good. I was really good. My dad would train us. My dad would take us out to the soccer pitch and just do scrimmages with us and, and run the ball with us. And I trained with my brothers, you know, so we were all really athletic and, and really good at soccer. Um, now around the time that I was about 12, 13, I tried out for, um, the competitive indoor soccer team. And, uh, my, and it, you know, it was assumed I would make the team cause I'd made it every year. This particular year I got the call. 
I made the team, but I was going to be on the bench. Mm. Like I wasn't going to be on the starting lineup. And my dad got the phone call and I would have been fine with that. Like, or I should say I was fine with that. You know, I mean, just to make the team be on the bench, get thrown in there, you know, is fine. But my dad is extremely competitive and no daughter of his was going to be sitting on the bench. Now, just to put this in context, I'm from a small town, Northern Ontario. It's a very small community. My dad blew up at this guy and said, no daughter of mine is going to be on the bench. My dad formed his own soccer team and uh, said, there's going to be two soccer teams in this league. And my daughter is not only going to be on the starting lineup, but she's also going to be the captain. Oh, no. (laughs) And... (laughs) And he, my dad's the coach. So what happened was my dad got all the players that didn't make this A team. So he got all of, you know, flat footed, you know, poor runners, kids with asthma. They're all on this B team because all the best players are playing on the A team. And this was awful. This is a nightmare for a, for a, tween like me because these girls that were on the A team I grew grown up with we were all friends I was very good friends with lots of those girls and now all of a sudden there's this huge riff in the Peterborough soccer community because my dad has done this thing that no one's ever done and no one's probably ever done since which is just form another team within the same league like two teams coming out of a small town and and I was horrified. I hated that he did it, but I, I, I didn't, I couldn't really stop him because he had just decided that. He's your dad. Yeah, he just decided that like he was going to form this team and he was going to make us own team. And so my what couple. What were you guys called? Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was just ridiculous. And my dad. <laughs> yeah, and. And my dad insisted on calling me Hoagie, like uh, <laughs> giving me this nickname Hoagie. And like, I didn't like it. It didn't, I didn't relate to it. And I was like, yeah. I, and, and so, you know, we were not good. Okay. So we wouldn't win. And, and I am very similar to the way I am now. Uh, I don't like to be pushed around. I'm my father's daughter and I don't like to be yelled at. And, you know, so my relationship with my dad really started to suffer during this season of soccer. Because he oh, would, you did a whole season? Well, yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, four or five months. Okay, because I thought this was just an all-star team. It was an all-star team of a season of soccer. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like the winter season. It was indoor soccer. Okay. I played indoor and outdoor. It just seems like an all-star team is like at the end of the season, they pick people from all the other teams no, say this is the no we just call all star. It's like the, it's competitive soccer. We just call it all star. Okay. Um. So we're losing. We're playing other teams in the Southern Ontario. Like so, we're playing teams from Toronto, Etobicoke, Mississauga, Pickering, um, Hamilton. You know, cities that no one in America is going <laughs> to know what I'm talking about. But anybody that's Canadian knows these cities. So we travel on buses, and then so then comes. The playoffs. So you made the playoffs. Well, everyone makes the playoffs. Okay, okay. You know? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not all, that all, competitive. Everyone's an all-star team. Everyone makes the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, um, it's like uh, provincial. It's like you know, if you if you win if you win your county or whatever, if you win your region, then you go to like provincials. So it starts in like your region, like your like all those teams I just listed. Yeah. Where we'd all play against each other in the playoffs, and whoever wins that goes against like. Right. The the other winner in the Ottawa region. Right. Okay. But uh, so we're losing and then our final game to see if we're going to go forward is against the A team. Now at this point, the rivalry is real. Okay. Parents are against parent. Children are against children. As I, the Bible says it would be. Yes. And, you know, these girls that were my friends I had grown up with in soccer camp, I'd known since I was five, like hate me and I've just been trained to hate them and – and so we're playing, we're playing this game and we're losing and I'm just starting to pout. And my dad's just yelling. I'm like, run out, Jordan, 
hoagie, go hoagie, get him, cut out her legs. Because he's also like, he also trained me to be very aggressive in soccer. So I was the chick. I played midfield. I would just cut people's legs out. Probably, I was very aggressive. I got a lot of yellow cards. Probably when you were on the team, like the regular team, everyone liked that about you. But now yeah. that you're on the bad team, they're like. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. And like a lot of people hated me though also because I was too aggressive. Uh, in regular league, a lot of people said I was setting a bad example. And a lot of people secretly didn't like the way my dad trained me because he trained me like a like a really like delinquent boy, basically. Yeah. Um, so my dad's yelling at me from the sidelines. This is the final game. Just parents are just against parents. It's very tenacious. And my dad starts yelling at me. And in the middle of the play, I just stop in the middle of the play. And I'm just like, stop yelling at me, dad. I hate you. I quit. And I quit in the middle of the game. I just walked off the field and, uh, and that's it. And then and wow. we lost the game. And, uh, from Did that everyone cheer for you when you quit. No, 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 no one cared. Everyone was actually pretty annoyed that I did that because it was all the drama was in my head because of the, just the pressure my dad had been putting on me as just like an intense coach. And, and then, so then after that, I banned my dad from ever coaching me again or ever even coming to my soccer games. Like I, cause he was just so loud. He would just like scream and like, like just, it was just like, it was just too much for me. And, and uh, so I banned him from taking me to my soccer games and being at soccer games. And then, you know, forever my dad would be like, Oh, you can't coach girls. You can't coach girls. Girls can't be trained the same way as guys can be trained. And so he would only like coach my brothers and stuff like that. And, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but I'm but what I learned is that's true for me. Yeah, you can't yell at me, dad, okay? I don't want to be yelled at, dad. Well, to be fair, I don't work well when people are yelling at me either. Yeah. That's that's how I've always been. But Hannah's dad is also very nice. Now, this is probably a younger, more fired up version <laughs> of him, but he's a very nice guy. Yeah, but you, yeah, he. My dad is a really nice guy, and he was also like such a fun dad. But right. when the competitiveness comes in, when the sports comes in, and when he's the coach, that's when you see this other energy. Of it's not even a mean energy; it's just so. In- my dad has extreme ADD; like he's mm-hmm. very hyperactive, and that's why he runs. And he just he's very athletic, and he's very hyper, and so. You know, that was a great energy to have for a dad because you want a dad that wants to play with you. You want a dad that's going to go out and do fun things with you, right. you know, and I had that and it was, it was always really good until I started to become a teenager. And right. then that kind of aggressive pushing like energy from your dad is, and from the kind of girl that I am, which is full of sass and piss and vinegar myself is I just didn't like it. And it kind of ruined sports for me ultimately because I ended up getting into high school and I still played sports in high school, but I definitely slowed down on, on how much I was playing. Cause I just, I didn't, it wasn't fun for me when it became that intense. Well, I think that is like that for all of us. Like that was that way for me with like, even like fishing with my dad, like me and my dad used to fish a lot when I was a kid. But then I just felt like there reached a certain age where my dad would like yell at me about the way that I was fishing or if the line got tangled up and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is not fun to fish with you anymore. Yeah. It was fun when I was a kid and you were patient with me, but now you're demanding of me. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't work that well. I mean, there was a meme that I posted on Instagram where it says, uh, something like, uh, when, when your dad, uh, wants you to help him so you can learn. But really, all you're doing is holding the light and getting yelled at. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. cracked me up because that is so true for me. Like my dad used to always want me to watch him work on something so I could learn. But really, I would just be holding the light and he'd be yelling at me. He'd be telling me to get a size of wrench that I had never heard of, had no idea what it was. And then he would yell if it took too long. I was just like, you know what? I just want to go pick up rocks and see if there's bugs under there. You know what I mean? That's all I want to do. I want to pick up some rocks, see if there's some bugs in there, put those bugs in a jar and look at them all day. Yeah. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah, and I just wanted to dream about Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we have one more soundbite from Matt Price. So we're going to do this last uh, segment. Here's a conspiracy. Urban legends. Ghosts exist. 
All right. Hot clip from Matt Price. So we appreciate that. Thank you, Matt. And our conspiracy this week is going to be uh, the Loch Ness Monster. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about it, but we watched some videos. And I'm just going to come right out. I think it's real. The Loch Ness? Yeah. I mean, okay, so let's give a little information on Loch Ness. So apparently Loch Ness, it's in, it's, Loch Ness is the lake in Scotland and it's it's called the Loch Ness Monster. And so apparently they, they've had sightings of the Loch Ness Monster as long as ago, ago is like the 1500s, the 1500s where St. Columbo saw, uh, saw some monster in the lake and told it to go away and stop eating people. Mm -hmm. And apparently there's been lots of sightings of Loch Ness since then, but not, but he's not attacked or hurt a human. Say that Loch Ness Lake is big enough for everyone on the planet to fit inside there and drown. Yeah. and, And the remarkable thing about the lake isn't that it's so big, but that it's very deep. It's yes. very deep, and there's a lot of like caves and cave walls in the in it. And um, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think Loch Ness is real. All right, well that's I think that it maybe was like maybe there was a bizarre creature in there at a time, but it's sort of like, well, what are monsters immortal? Do they just live forever? Well, maybe they're breeding down there. Maybe it's not one. Maybe it's a bunch of them. Yeah, but if they're breeding, you know, would they be like whales where they hang out with their young? I don't know. I don't I mean, know. I don't know those questions. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think it's real. I think it's sort of a fun folklore. There's many a mystery in the deep waters. Well, and I think is, it's really easy to think of fantastical stories and well, creatures in I the just, sea. I just think, and this was something that people had said that on our Bigfoot thing, that it was like the early 1900s before gorillas were actually discovered. Everyone thought gorillas were a myth until the early 1900s. And apparently giant squids were thought to be a myth up until recently. So I think there are giant things deep down in the water that we can't get to, and they can live because they're designed to live down there. Well, also Loch Ness is the most popular of the sea monsters, but there's been reportings of sea monsters all over the world. There's There was one called Ocapoco in Cologne, British Columbia, Canada, mm-hmm. that has a lot of attention, um, many sightings in the Pacific Islands and in Norway. So it's just Loch Ness right. is sort of the most trendy. Right. So, but yes, are there, are there some wild big animals deep down in the water? I think so. I think there's stuff we haven't seen. I mean, this just goes to the same old Bigfoot conversation, but I think there's things that we haven't seen. And uh, I encourage you to look that up. I mean, check out. But, you know, this is what this is what all Loch Ness Monster videos are about. They all go, if you go on YouTube and look it up, they're all like, and then this was debunked. And then this was debunked. But it's like, it's. I find that it's impossible to prove that something doesn't exist. So you may have, you know, had a picture and said, this is it. And then they found out that picture wasn't real. But that doesn't debunk whether it's real or not. Now, again, I could care less if this thing is real, but just for the sake of having a good time, I think it's real. Okay. And you don't, and I think that makes it better. If we both agreed on it, then we just look like weirdos sitting in a room going, Loch Ness is real. Loch Ness is real. So you need to disagree. So I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. But there are some videos out there, some fun stuff. So get into it. Just check it out. See some of the claims that people have had. I mean, there was some off the coast of Massachusetts that we heard about, like some people, just several people in, in the Marines or the, or the some type of military service were eaten alive. And one guy escaped and he drew a picture of what he, what ate the people. The problem is, is people are full of BS. So it's so hard to tell if people are making stuff up, doctoring photos, just trying to get attention, you know, it's just so people are so unreliable. It's really disappointing. Well, we appreciate you guys spending some time with us. Uh, we got uh, some exciting stuff this weekend. Hannah will be at Crackers Comedy Club in downtown Indianapolis. It's a very fun club. I recommend going there, checking it out. If you live in Indianapolis, Hannah's great. Go I'll see be her. with a guy named Mark Sweeney. Mark Sweeney. Remember. Don't know him, but I'm sure he's great. Uh, I'll be at the Blue Room Comedy Club Friday and Saturday in Springfield, Missouri, and on Thursday in Pittsburgh, Kansas, uh, with my friend Connor Larson, and we're going to have a good time. Don't miss those shows. Go to my YouTube. Uh, we'll, we're going to put out little pieces of, of the podcast on YouTube. Uh, that's just Dusty Slay. 
Uh, watch my videos. I got several stand-up videos on there. My Facebook, Dusty Slay. Um, I, I've hit my friend limit. I have 5,000 friends, so I can't accept your friend request. But you can like my fan page, and you know I, I still utilize it the same way that I do my other one. And then uh, Instagram, at Dusty Slay. Twitter, at Dusty Slay. DustySlay.com. And then Hannah Hogan. Miss Hannah Hogan on Instagram. Hannah Hogan Comedy uh, for tour dates. Yes, and we have tour uh, dates. Uh, go, go to McBailey Candle Company, McBaileyCandleCo.com. Order yourself a candle. Use the code GOODTIME and get yourself a discount. And uh, if you like candles, uh, you know, don't do anything you don't want to do just because I told you to do it. But if you like candles, make that happen. Yeah, if you're in Charleston or you know people in Charleston, go check out this uh, and check them out on Instagram too. They have really cute pictures. So yes. you like that. So. All right, babe. Uh, so that's it. We're going to take off here. We wanted to try to do a little bit of a shorter one this time. And uh, please send me an email, DustySlayComedy.com and uh, at gmail.com, DustySlayComedy. And uh, uh, if you have something you'd like us to talk about. Uh, we, we, we wrote down a bunch of things one time for that we were going to talk about, and we haven't talked about any of those. But we will. I promise we will. All right. Thank you very much. We're having a good time. <laughs>